Hello, and welcome to Voices from the Sky, a companion podcast to Sky Island Journal, an independent international literary journal where we discover and publish the finest poetry, flash fiction, and creative nonfiction from around the world. Always free to access, we publish accomplished authors side by side with emerging voices for over 115,000 readers in 145 different countries. My name is Jeff Sommerfeld, co-founder and co-editor-in-chief of Sky Island Journal, and I want to thank you for joining me here at Voices from the Sky, a Sky Island podcast production where we delve deep into some of our favorite pieces since our journal's inception in 2017, and we go inside the heads and hearts of their creators as they help us more fully explore their literary works. It's been a while since our first season, where we featured three writers and three of our all-time favorite pieces. This season, we've doubled that number up to six, and while most of the format has remained the same, there are a few little changes. Each week, we're going to feature a different writer and a different poet over this six-part series. As always, we're going to include a link in our show notes that'll take you directly to Sky Island Journal and the featured piece for that week. We recognize that when you're listening to this podcast, you might be driving your car, weeding your garden, or out taking a walk, and there's a good chance maybe you don't have time to go to that link right away to read the piece first. So in this first episode, we're going to introduce you to the piece itself. It'll be read aloud by the original poet or writer. It'll give you a chance to immerse yourself in the literary world that they've created. And then in the next episode you're going to have an opportunity to get to know that writer a little bit better. We're going to go into their mind and heart, learn a little bit about their journey to becoming a published author, and gain some incredible insights into the piece itself. But for now, I have the absolute pleasure of being able to share one of our favorite creative nonfiction pieces. It comes from issue 11 of Sky Island Journal. The title of the piece is Dark, by Linda Hegland who's an award-winning poetry, lyric essay, and nonfiction writer who lives and writes in Nova Scotia, Canada. In the next episode, you'll get to know Linda a lot better. But for now, settle in, maybe close your eyes, and enjoy Dark. Dark. I never knew Dark before I came to live at our farm. Not really, not real dark. The occasional camping trip or venture out to a party in the country gave me a taste, but I never really lived dark. In the suburbs of my previous life, the dark of night was always polluted with light. Street lights, the yard lights of the train yard, the sign lights from the motel just over the block, the general constant glow of the city that lifted above like an umbrella. Dark was never really dark. I could always see my way on a late night walk or out to the backyard to see where the dogs had ventured. Here on the farm, dark is an essence. Here, I can watch the dark rise, just like I watch the sunrise in the mornings. It starts out the window of the east-facing guest bedroom. It rises up and over our house and our mountain, 
pulling its bruised blue, then deepening purple-black cape behind it, shrouding us. It lumbers on west, the various lights of day winking out behind it. I often take the cue from that bedroom window and hurry to the yard where I can watch our hayfield and willow trees darken behind our former barn and disappear into the impending night. Here, I have a deeper understanding of dark. Unlike in the city where darkness is hinted at around the haloed glow of lamplight, dark at the farm is substantial and genuine. It is so much more, though, than just the simple absence of light. Dark strokes your skin tenderly. It nudges itself under the fall of your hair, whispering, quests at the nape of your neck, drifts down your shoulders. It glides into your mouth, onto your tongue, down into your lungs. It creeps behind your eyes and slips into your mind. I see dark differently. Even as a child, I preferred dark, preferred night. Darkness softens the barbed edges of day. It tones down the too often strident colors of bright lighted day. With the coming of dark, rather than the world closing in, the universe seems to expand. There is so much promise in dark. The world as a whole seems to feel that. But let me be clear, dark is not necessarily black. At night, when I look to our pasture, the darker lumps of cows can still be seen moving slowly across the field, doing whatever mysterious thing it is that cows do at night. Or the shadow of some kind of nightbird, owl, whippoorwill, nightjar, moves to a tree branch like a drift of smoke. Those trees can be seen as a darker shade against the night canvas. If the moon is out, well, then the land is washed with silver, pearl against black, and the dark takes on the ornate finery of a monochromatic costume party, nacre dresses and ebony masks, the round hay bales wear the silver backs of grizzlies. The dark in the country means that I have seen Venus in the sky every single night. It shines bright and low, even on the cloudiest night. Jupiter has also made an appearance most every night, and on one night during the summer, hung close to Venus along with a cuticle-shaped moon, the stuff of postcards. Other occasional planets or satellites or a star dying with more ardent passion than usual make pinprick tracks across the night sky like ambient fireflies. Back in the city, dark was something you put up with until the brightness of day came and you went home with your busy lives. Here, you wear the darkness. Hold it close and breathe in its nighttime breath, glorious with the smell of wet frogs and sleeping trees. Listen to its whispering poems of night winds and canny foxes. Taste the dark like moss and spring water on your tongue.